This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. Today's episode is part two in a series of two episodes that I'm doing on practice plans, jazz practice plans that will give you real results that will really help you excel in your jazz skills. And last week we talked about the stair-step practice plan, which is really an all-encompassing practice plan to really hone in on all of the different aspects of becoming a better jazz musician. And on today's episode, I want to go over one that dives a little bit deeper, that really kind of isolates certain aspects of practicing jazz and really refining them deeply. And this practice plan is called the Recycling Practice Plan. The Recycling Practice Plan. And uh, this one is all about taking information and really internalizing it. So we're going to dive deep into that today. Looking forward to this. Let's jump right to it. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. What's up, everybody? Brent here from LearnJazzStandards.com, which is a blog, a podcast, and videos all geared towards helping you become a better jazz musician. Hey, happy December, everybody. December of 2019. I can't believe it. The year is coming to a close. The holidays are on us. Hope uh, all of those, all of you who uh, are listening in the United States, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Uh, I know I did. Man, what a great time of year. It's always fun. It's always exciting for me too here at Learn Jazz Standards because it's always just a, a great time to look back at like everything that's happened, all the great transformation uh, in you know my life in Learn Jazz Standards and the the students and the listeners and the subscribers. It's a great time. So just want to wish all of you a happy holidays. Uh, Let's kick off this month and end the year strong. We are on part two of a series that I'm doing on practicing, on practice sessions specifically that I know, I don't even believe, I know are high impact. And the one I'm talking about today is the recycling jazz practice session, the recycling jazz practice session. Now this particular session uh, is used, this framework is used in my new course, Jazz Blues Accelerator. So those of you who are in that course will recognize this. And um, this particular practice plan, I think is, uh, it's proving to be insanely effective. Like I already knew it was effective because I've used it before, but having so many people in this Jazz Blues Accelerator course is validation that it is very effective at getting people to truly internalize information and develop mastery over a specific musical concept. Now, in the case of my Jazz Blues Accelerator course, it's all about the blues. So the entire concept of the course is to um, you know, achieve a high level of, of playing, of proficiency, at the blues. And so you'll see with this uh, this recycling practice plan how this 
uh, goes about achieving this. And again, just to reiterate in the series I talked about last time, when it comes to becoming a better jazz musician, I can teach a bunch of jazz theory stuff. I can teach you know, you know how to play some fancy licks. I, I can teach a bunch of things, but there is no better thing that I've ever taught than actually how to practice and actually what to practice. That that is what I consider my superpower as a jazz educator. It's not, uh, you know, particularly anything else other than I'm really good at helping my students get a transformation. So I'm going to be basically sharing all of this with you today. And I know some people might ask, like Brent, why would you just give all of this away for free when you know you make your living off of selling your courses? And first of all, I just want to give away value. I just want to help you. So that's that's straight, just that's all. That's it right there. Um, but of course, this is absolutely no substitute for actually being enrolled in the course. And as you'll see in a second, having the actual material to work on and having the community and the entire framework behind you, it's, it's really no substitute. But I want to be able to give you the framework that you can work with on your own and think about how you can use this in your own practice sessions. All right. So without further ado, let's jump right into this. All right, so the recycling practice plan. What is the goal of the recycling practice plan? Kind of already touched on it, but just to reiterate and to be very clear, the goal is that you take a piece of musical information or a concept and you become so clear about how that actually functions, how that works, and you internalize a bunch of different ways in order to tackle this. And so the the best application of the recycling jazz practice plan is over top of tunes. So either jazz standards or song forms. Like I said in Jazz Blues Accelerator, my course that I uh, use this particular method in, we we talk about the blues. So the, the whole point is getting a 12-bar blues completely under wraps, completely under wraps, okay? Um, now, again, this practice plan, as opposed to the stair-step practice plan where you can kind of come up with your own information it very easily if you would like like you can pick your jazz standard you can pick um a solo to learn and you can kind of grab all this stuff without external resources if you if you try like it's a pain but you you could do it right this one is a little less easy to do that simply because uh the way that i structure this requires resources it's not to say that you can't do it yourself and i think that you could again take applications of this but it's not going to be just like a uh, you know, easy, so without having the material, it can be hard. That's all I'm going to say, okay? So let me go over it so that you understand how it works, okay? The whole idea is that you're taking a small amount of information and you're recycling it over and over again, okay? So, for example, if we want to be able to play a blues really well, then one thing that we're going to want to be able to do is learn different kinds of jazz blues language over top. Now, the way that I preach uh, to do this is is to learn an etude. Now, what's an etude? Uh, an etude is just a small piece of music, usually a short piece of music. It could be a couple courses or whatnot. I think preferably, in, in the, for this practice program, one chorus. And you're taking this information and you're applying... A concept of it over of language it's not it's it's not just a jazz solo like you know anything goes 
it's usually a concept applied over it. So in my course, Jazz Blues Accelerator, we talk about three pillars of jazz blues language, and for each one of those, we apply those concepts to an etude, a composed etude. So that's what an etude is. But you can substitute this for a chorus, um, or even half of a chorus if it's a whole jazz standard, uh, of of a jazz solo that you learn by ear. Okay, So you can absolutely do this with just a solo that you learn by ear that you really want to get. So the whole point is learning this language, this vocabulary, um, to play over this particular tune that you're going to work on. Okay, so that's one aspect of the recycling practice plan, okay? And and then we'll talk about how we actually do it, but that's one aspect, okay? So that's that's the jazz language portion, okay? Now, the second aspect is uh, is 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 the repertoire, okay? So in, in this particular case, right, if we're talking about the blues, um, the blues is just a song form, and there are different variations of the chord changes, uh, but there, there is kind of a basic jazz blues song form. Um, and the repertoire is really the blues heads. Now, the, the blues heads themselves are great for two reasons. Uh, one, you have to know repertoire in order to have to play blues heads, right? That's just part of it. Number two, blues heads can often be used and actually always should and can be used to improvise. So you're learning language just by learning the blues heads. Now, again, can we apply this over jazz standards? Absolutely. So you would learn a jazz standard and have a melody. Okay, so the melody and the chord changes to the jazz standard. Okay, so so far we've got a jazz standard. I guess we should have started with that first. Sorry to be confusing here. We should have started with we have a jazz standard or, or a blues or something or rhythm changes. And we learn that tune. Then we have an etude that we're going to learn. Okay, or a jazz solo that we're going to learn over top of this. All right. Now, the next aspect is what I call mapping. Now, you'll remember not long ago on the podcast, actually, um, we did a whole series uh, leading up to my Jazz Blues Accelerator launch, which uh, was episodes 184 through 187, where I talk about a lot of this stuff. I talk about the three pillars of Jazz Blues language, and I talk about this particular concept called mapping. Now, mapping, this is important to me because... When we talk about um, the three key things you want to work with jazz to learn jazz, and I talked about this the last episode, it's repertoire, it's jazz language, and it's technique. And mapping does two things. Mapping helps you work on technique, but it also helps you, helps you quote-unquote map out the song that you're learning. So there's three elements to the mapping. Number one is chord tones, okay? So basically, you're learning how to arpeggiate, play the chord tones, with voice leading so that you're connecting to the nearest chord tone of the next chord so that you can basically play straight eighth notes throughout the entire form. So that's called mapping, making sure we know where all of, of those are. Um, the next step of mapping is guide tones. So we call this our guide tones map. Now, what are guide tones? That's the thirds and sevenths of each uh, thirds and sevenths of each chord, right? Now, what are the thirds and sevenths, right? So we have chord tones, that's the root, third, fifth, seventh, those are the basic seventh chord formulas there. Depending on what the quality are, it's it's uh, going to be tra uh, altered, right? Flat seven or, or a major third or a flat three, you know, so on and so forth. But the thirds and the sevenths are the important notes in each one of those chords that really help define the chord. So the next step of the mapping process is to simply be able to play a guide tone map so that you can outline 
all of these chord changes just with those two notes, right? So we're taking chord tones, but then we're boiling it down even further to guide tones, right? And the last step of the mapping process is what I call a scale map. Now, I think of scales as pitch collections, so not necessarily things you should play linearly to improvise, but the point of the scale map is to kind of fill in the blanks, right? You have chord tones and guide tones. What are the notes we can play in between that? So I usually pick out the most basic scales, like not, you know, melodic minor application over this. You know, for in the case of a jazz blues, uh, we're just dealing with the Mixolydian scale, which is good to play over dominant seventh chords. And we're dealing with Dorian over the minor seventh. And we're dealing with the whole half diminished scale over the diminished seventh chord that's uh, that's in there after the four chord, right? It goes to the four chord and the sharp four diminished. So I pick the most basic scales and I apply voice leading. So you go up one scale and then you connect to the nearest uh, scale tone of the next chord and you go down the scale and then up and down. And you're connecting it together so that you can play a, a endless stream of notes if you wanted to over top of the song form okay so there's three elements here there's the actual tune there is the etude or the solo and there's the mapping which has three parts to it okay so it's kind of like mapping is the technique uh in the course the tune is the repertoire and the etude or the solo is the language right so we're taking these three things that are really important to learning jazz language, but we're focusing in on one, one piece of music here. Um, whereas in the stair-step practice plan, if you were following me for the last episode, the stair-step practice plan really was going over a lot of different things. Like, for example, you learned a jazz standard, but there was a different process for learning that. Now you would take one of those jazz standards, and this is where you go with a microscope, and you just like scrutinize over that one jazz standard okay so this is how it works you're gonna go through all 12 keys okay again why all 12 keys this way there's gonna be no limitations for you with how to play this tune there's gonna be no uh no questions as like you will have internalized this by the time you're done because if you're literally taking all this information into all 12 keys you're going to have it down flawlessly. I guarantee you that, right? In in general, if you're able to transpose music, I mean, you have an incredible advantage with your ear. So that's why all 12 keys. Now, I like to go through all 12 keys with the circle of force. Again, if you're paying attention to my last episode about the stair-step practice plan, we, we talk about going through the circle of force. C, F, B flat, E flat, A flat, D flat, G flat, B E, A, D, G. That's the circle of force, right? We start with C. Okay, so here's what session number one looks like, okay? Session number one. In session number one, you are going to learn the tune. Now, again, if this is a blues, it's just the, the melody, just the blues head. That's why the blues is a great way to, to use this practice plan. But again, you can use it on jazz standard. But you're going to learn just that jazz standard or that blues head or that rhythm changes head in concert C. You're going to learn your first etude, okay, the first etude in in just one key, okay, and that's C, okay, so you're learning the etude in C, you're learning the head in C, or the tune in C, all right, and then you take your mapping, and you do your chord tone map, your guide tone map, and your scale map in concert C, okay, so now you know the tune in C, now you can play the etude in C, and now you can do all of the mapping sequences in C. 
All right? Okay, that's step number one. Step number two is to take all of that into concert F. Okay? There, there's that. That's the hardest session is, is arguably the first one. Is arguably the first one. So you learn the new information, the first one, but the second one, it's just transposing it. Now, I know just transposing. That's easier said than done, Brent. I know. Trust me, I know. So now you're taking that jazz standard, that blues head or that rhythm changes head, whatever it is, and you're taking it into concert F. We're going around the circle of force. You're taking that etude or that, that first chorus of the solo, whatever, into concert F. Okay, you're transposing it. This is where having the material obviously is incredibly helpful. And then you're taking the mapping exercises, okay, core tone map, guide tone map, scale map, into concert F. All right, easy. That's that's step number two. So step this first session uh, that you're practicing, you're doing that, concert C. The second session is concert F. Okay, the next session is concert B flat. Right, going around the circle of force. Guess what we do? We don't learn any new information. We just take that blues head or that jazz standard, we take the etude, we take the mapping sequences, and we transpose them all to B flat. You see how this is like you're you're gonna really know this information. In fact, everybody in my jazz blues accelerator course tells me, like by the time they're done B flat, they're like, uh, E flat was way easier. Like, I mean, I'm learning all this information so fast because you internalize it and it just starts getting into your ear. So it becomes natural, which isn't that exactly what we want in our jazz improv. Now, people sometimes when they get to G flat are like, eh, well, that was a hard key. Sure, exactly. We want that to happen so that we get it even better. Anyways, I digress. Okay, so that's concert B flat. That's our third practice session. Our fourth practice session is concert E flat. Okay, that's our fourth practice session, concert E flat. All right. So all we're doing, again, is transposing all of that same stuff, mapping, etude, jazz standard, or blues head, or rhythm change set. Again, whatever material you want. Okay, we're just transposing that. All right. So now we can play all that material in, in concert C, in concert F, concert B flat, and concert E flat. All right. Now, Step number five is very important, and this is where we uh, completely change things up here. Step number five is very, very important as far as it comes to practicing and really learning and growing as a musician. And this is where we create. In my course, we call this the jam session. And this is essentially where you write your very own etude over that tune or that blues head or whatever. Okay? So basically, you take the lessons that you learned from the mapping and from the etude and from the blues head that you, or the jazz standard that you learn, and you compose your own ideas. This is basically like saying, all right, here's what I learned, and this is what we're, what I'm going to try to do now. This is where you're getting creative, like before you're being dictated what you actually learn because you're in the learning phase. Now you're in the creation phase. This is very important that you take the time to create uh, and, and and learn from those those things. So that's session number five, all right? Session number five is creation. All right, now, here's where we go next. Here's where we go next. If you're, if you're learning, uh, if you're, no matter what you're learning, whether you're learning the blues or you're learning a jazz standard, what you'll want to do is take another etude or another course of the solo of that tune 
and learn that. Okay, so basically, we went from one phase, and now we're going to the next phase. There's three phases, okay? Because there's there's twelve keys, and we're doing four keys per phase. So, first phase C through through E flat. This next phase, we're going to be learning A flat through A flat, D flat, G flat, B <laughs> through B, A flat through B. Okay. So we're going to do four more keys here, but here's where we want to learn new information. Now, in the case of the blues, it's easy to learn new information over that head because the blues is the same chord progression, so you'd learn a new blues head at this point, and that's what we do in the course. But if you're doing a jazz standard, it's okay. You can just stick with the same jazz standard head that you have, okay? But if you have like a song form like Rhythm Changes or Blues, you just learn another blues head, all right? But regardless, you're going to be learning a new etude, okay? A new etude, all right? So... You're going to also be taking that mapping, and it's going to be the same, right? You're just transposing it to the new keys. But so the new inf information is either a new blues head or, or rhythm changes, or you just keep the same jazz standard head, but you're going to be learning a new etude. Now, the important thing with this new etude is that hopefully um, it's, a, it's a different set of lessons to be learned, and that's why etudes are good, right? Because... You know, for example, in my Jazz Blues Accelerator course, we start with jazz blue, like bluesy language. All right. That's the first etude, like very bluesy for lack of better terms. The second one, we really focus on playing the chord changes in our solos. Okay. And the last one, we work on bebop, like jazz blues bebop. Right. So there's very specific concepts. But if you're just learning a solo, maybe try switching it up to a different musician altogether how that person tackled one chorus of this particular tune. Does that make sense? So that's what you would do. So again, I'm not going to go over all of this here because it, it's, it's called recycling for a reason. We are only learning three different staples of different language here, just recycling them through different keys. So now what you're going to do in, in concert A flat, you're going to you're going to learn the new blues head or just continue with that that jazz standard head. You're going to learn the new uh, etude in concert A flat, and you're going to do the mapping sequences, the guide tones, the chord tones, and the scale map once again in those key in in, in A flat. Okay, then you're going to go through right A flat, then you got D flat, then you got G flat, and you got B. That's four keys that you're going to learn all that information in. But this is one practice session at a time. Okay, one practice session at a time. And then what do we do on the tenth session? The tenth session we are going to create again, okay? Because this is, again, where we're going to say, okay, here's what we learned of the last four keys and the new information. Now I'm going to create my own etude and see how that goes, all right? So this is your creation phase. Okay, now you can kind of guess what happens in the third and final stage, and that is we learn another etude or we learn another blues head or you just stay on the same jazz standard and you take the mapping and you take it through the final keys. So the final keys would be E, A, D, and G. And then what do we do on the last session? We create, all right? Now, here's what I like to do um, for one final one after that in this process because we're, we're, we're concluding the whole thing. After we've done the last creation phase for the last stage and we're done all 12 keys now, what I like to do is have you practice improvising for yourself consecutively over that jazz standard or that blues or whatever in all 12 keys. 
Um, that's where I have I, I I have like for my jazz was accelerator course. We have a practice track that literally goes through all twelve keys. You do one course in one key, one course in the next, and then of course you have to record it and show it and show your work. And the recording part is the most important thing, honestly, and having the community, it, just having that accountability, obviously. But of course, again, you can do this yourself. But just go ahead and and basically validate. I went through this whole process of learning all of this in all twelve keys. I know this forwards and backwards. I can literally improvise over this in all 12 keys consecutively without having to stop. And that's kind of like what I call the final test in my course. But again, you know, doing this by yourself, you don't have to make it like that. But that that's it. Okay? So we have three stages and there's three items you're doing. The jazz standard, the blues head, the etude, and the mapping sequences. And you're going through all 12 keys, but four keys per stage. So four times three is 12, right? And you're always doing a creation session where you're composing your own etude of that tune at each stage. And then you do a big review at the end with going through all 12 keys with that item. All right. So that's it. That that's that's my recycling uh, practice plan, my recycling jazz practice plan. You, you can see how powerful this would be, right? Like you would have literally no choice but to have some degree of mastery over that material by the time you were done. So here's what I want to challenge you to do. I want to challenge you to think of, even if you're not doing the whole practice program because maybe you don't have the material, but try to think of one thing that you can do that you want to practice and work on that you can apply some of these elements of the Recycling Jazz Practice Plan to and plan on taking action on it, right? Just plan on saying, all right, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm going to try out this method. And if you do this, I absolutely guarantee you, you will see massive results. Like, if you're not convinced, just give this a try and see how it goes for you. All right? That's my challenge for you. I want you to take action on that. Okay, that's all for today's show. Hope this was helpful for you. Hope this uh, gave you some insight of a great way that you can practice and really develop some mastery over a piece of music that you're working on. Um, if you are interested in Jazz Blues Accelerator, uh, I would love to have you in the course. It basically is like your easy button for, I mean, easy button, quote unquote, because actually doing this is not easy, but it, it's basically guiding you, helping you through the process, and giving you all the materials. So if you're interested in that and you're not involved yet, go to jazzbluesaccelerator.com, jazzbluesaccelerator.com. Um, as like my 30 Steps to Better Jazz Playing program, there there's a free master class this time that you go through that kind of um, talks about a lot of this stuff in further detail, what you would actually practice. Uh, and it kind of sets you up for knowing how to actually do all the things that you would do in this program. So you'll you'll go through that first. It's a great 40-minute presentation. I think you'll find it helpful regardless. And uh, then I'll invite you in the course at the end. So that's uh, jazzbluesaccelerator.com. All right? Okay. Looking forward to... Uh, actually, I'm excited um, because we have a guest. We have guests coming up on the show uh, in the next, the next week. Uh, actually, two of my good friends... And uh, it's it's going to be good. Let me just say that. It's going to be good. I'm trying to wrap up the year with some goodies for you, some extra goodies. So we have a pretty good lineup for the rest of the year. So stay tuned. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And I'll look forward to seeing you back then. 
Thanks for listening to the LJS Podcast, brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes, and don't forget to join our jazz community at LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.